Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Live It Well podcast. We are your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We are so glad that you're here with us. Each week, we invite authors, mentors, friends of ours who have an inspiring message, who are living their life well. And so our goal is to learn and grow, and we want to invite you to do the exact same thing with us. So hope you're ready. Let's dive right in. Well, guys, here we are at the end of the road, (laughs) and we saved one of the very best for last as we close out the season with the one and only Catherine Wolf. Such a great conversation. She was so incredible. I was so inspired. She's amazing. After surviving a near-fatal brainstem stroke at the age of 26, life for Catherine and Jay Wolf changed forever. There was no going back to normal after such a tragedy. Yet Catherine and Jay learned that suffering is not the end, but rather the beginning of a brand new story. So many people spend their lives chasing the way it used to be and not recognizing this is what God has put in front of me today. And I'm going to live well into this, even though I never could have imagined this being my story. Catherine shares with us her incredible story of finding joy and embracing this new normal that God had prepared for her and her family. She talks about how you can rewrite the narrative of your own hard circumstances by turning our definitions of suffering more into declarations of strength. And she also shares the importance of letting go of the myth that joy can only be found in a pain-free life. This was without a doubt one of my very favorite conversations this season. I could not get through editing without crying every single time. (laughs) You keep looking going, this is amazing. I know. And like tap him on the shoulder. This is so good. (laughs) I can't believe she's saying all that she's saying. It's incredible. I was just blown away by her story and by the joy and gratitude for life that she's found on the other side of this incredible tragedy. And the truth that she's sharing. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot in here that she shares that's so good that we can all apply to our life. Absolutely. This girl is walking in wisdom. I was just so inspired. Well, we're going to stop talking and let you guys get to (laughs) Catherine. So without further ado, here is Mrs. Wolf. All right, cool. Well, welcome to the show. We're We're glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here. (laughs) All right. So one of my favorite questions to ask is when someone says, hey, what's your story? Um, What if, you know, I want to see what people say, but I would love to start with you. You have quite the story. So unpack for our audience who you are and kind of your story. Yeah, yeah. In a nutshell, um, my name is Catherine Wolf, and um, at 26 years old, after marrying my college sweetheart and moving to California and having a little baby who was six months old, I had a massive brainstem stroke out of absolutely nowhere. There was no warning, no medical history of anything. Just a totally, quote unquote, normal day. And I had a nearly fatal stroke and was in the hospital um, in the ICU for 40 days unconscious. And then from there, I spent another year and a half in the hospital. And now today, um, actually crazy, 12 years ago today, that happened. It's the anniversary. So, um 12 years later, life has gone on in a wonderful, wonderful, but but hard way, for sure. Um, I am severely disabled, and I cannot drive a car. I cannot walk on my own. I obviously, as you're hearing, do not speak normally, and 
my face is paralyzed and my hand doesn't work and I have loads and loads of health problems, but life has gone on. I've actually had another baby several years ago and my husband and I founded a camp for families where someone is disabled and we've written several books and we minister, um, actually speak around the country to um, people who we say have broken bodies, broken hearts, and um, broken brains, and encourage them that the hope of Jesus heals all, no matter your story and situation. And we talk a lot about that my wheelchair, you know, is on the outside of my body. And I live, live in a wheelchair now, and that's my story. But that's very specific to me, and obviously... We've all got a story, whether or not we have an external wheelchair, and everybody's got internal wheelchairs, we believe. And, um, yeah, we, we really unpack that with um, a world in desperate need of hope because of the invisible wheelchairs we're all dealing with. Yeah, that's incredible. Wow, what a story. And I, I just love your optimism and the hope and joy in your voice uh, as you talk about all this hard stuff you walk through. We're going to yeah. talk about this book, one of the latest book that you've written. I know you said you've written a bunch, but talk to me about through the, throughout this journey, where was Jesus maybe before this happened and what where has he been since this over the last 12 years? What's that journey? Yeah, like yeah. I, I really wish because it'd be so much cooler if I could tell you that I was a, you know, crazy drug addict and <laughs> I've been a prostitute for years and hated Jesus and then my life changed when I nearly died but none of that is true and my story may encourage many of us out there who didn't have that story I love Jesus from the time I was a very young child and I really feel like my whole life pre-stroke was the Lord really preparing me for what he had prepared for me and um, really deeply growing, never, never remotely perfectly or, you know, my walk with Jesus was never anything truly outstanding, but I loved him and longed to know him more and um, can even remember for some reason um, clinging to like a lot of voices that were outside of the norm for a Caucasian female in modern America. I was reading Corey Ten Boom's The Hiding Place as a 12-year-old, and um, I wasn't in a concentration camp, and that wasn't my story. And I can remember really clinging to Rosa Parks and really considering her a role model in my life, and that's really not my story either. And, you know, there were many stories the Lord was weaving into my life and obviously above all the, the deep truths of his word that I was really hiding in my heart unbeknownst to me to prepare me for what he had prepared for me which was a life that would be full of suffering and sorrow and difficulty but where he would meet me with perspective of you know this is not ideal but, um, you know, just like X, Y, and Z are able to do a life that maybe they didn't necessarily sign up for, which FYI is all of our stories. Right. Right. It's a life that 
there is flourishing within that God uses in a powerful way, despite the difficulty and the deficits. Yeah. I love that. One of the things you talk about, Catherine, I I would love for you to unpack for us more is finding joy and purpose in life's detours. You know, we may not Ah. have, all of us have those. Life doesn't always go as planned. Um, So I'd love for you to talk about what you've learned, what God has shown you about really embracing the new normal of life when it takes a massive detour we weren't expecting. Right. And that's a very profound question to answer today, honestly, as it is the anniversary of my stroke 12 years ago, because, um, you know, I, I do not pretend to have done a lot right. However, I can say with assurance that the Lord equipped me to live into the new normal. And that is where so many people spend their lives chasing the way it used to be and not recognizing this is what God has put in front of me today. And I'm going to live well into this, even though I never could have imagined this being my story. And what Jesus does is come into that and say, you can't have joy here. It's for the taking, and I've called you to this. So, of course, there's joy available here. But instead, we're all wanting it to be the way it used to be when X, Y, Z is true. And the reason that's so powerful to say today is because it is super complicated on the anniversary of my stroke to not fully remember what it feels like to drive anymore. I can't fully, like, feel those feelings of driving a car Or like taking a jog. I can't take a jog. So I don't even now, 12 years later, have real cognitive memories of those feelings. And that is tricky. I mean, that is complex spiritually to recognize like, well, God, I didn't really know. I'm not even going to fully remember that. And yet there is a blessing in that. There is a blessing in God writing a new story and not being bound by memories of your old story. And that is where there always, always is joy in recognizing what remains and not what used to be. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. You know, um, you guys have written this book. It's really powerful. It's called Suffer Strong. And I, I think to myself, I, I want to hear one. I mean, I want to hear about the, the, you write so much beautiful practical advice and wisdom and tell stories in the book. But, you know, I'm thinking to myself when I walk into a bookstore and I'm looking at the titles, you know, right. like, yeah, you know, I can't wait to suffer strong. A, a PR nightmare, <laughs> marketing nightmare. And we didn't care. Um, yeah. The publishers warned us going into this, like, do not put suffering on the title of a book. Do not title a book suffer. And we were like, that is the title because the reality is that our lives embody this concept. Yeah. So we're doing it. We don't care if nobody reads it. And that hasn't been true, first of all. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. But also, Today, I mean, are you kidding? Isn't it funny in modern America in 2020, suddenly with the coronavirus 
tremendous job loss, COVID-19, literally killing people, the myth and sad worship of the idol of a pain-free life is no longer available. So it is of the utmost relevance that we launched a book called Suffer Strong in February of 2020, a month before the world will be turned upside down. Fascinating. All right, well, it's that fun time where it's the end of a season and Aww. we want to do a <laughs> giveaway. We want to show our appreciation and say thank you so much for listening. And what an incredible season it's been, babe. Yeah, we hope that along with us, you've learned every week what it means to live your life well. Yeah. And we would love to give away some of our very favorite resources from this season. Mm-hmm. So come follow us on Instagram at Let's Live It Well, and we'll be picking a winner by the end of the week. Again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Come follow us on Instagram, and we would love to bless you with these resources that have truly inspired our lives. All right, let's get back to our conversation with Katherine Wolf. Talk about that whole concept of suffering well. What does that look like? How do you encourage people to suffer well? Oh, gosh. So suffering well, suffering strong are definitely not things I've heard a lot about growing up. I don't know about you guys, but we want to avoid suffering and get back to the healthy, wealthy way and get on with the good life, quote unquote. So the notion of doing anything well, um, losing well, waiting well, anything that's not success by the world's eyes or achieving or arriving at the good life must be like not talked about even much less um celebrated and prayed for and i just see so clearly in the bible a call to the opposite to rejoicing in our sufferings and considering it joy to suffer in our trials and tribulations and um for me Suffering strong has always been about engaging the good and the hard in our stories and not just the good. So recognizing that God made us to do hard things and in the hard things there is joy available that good and hard are not mutually exclusive. Actually, they coexist beautifully. That's the Christian life that we are always how to embrace both good and hard in our stories and recognizing that God is always at work in them. So I see suffering well, suffering strong is bringing glory to God in our sufferings. You know, they say America is the only place in the world where groups of Christians come together and pray away anything bad going on in their lives. You know, they want to pray for, okay, got the diagnosis, I've got to get that out. I just heard this terrible sad news about my mother, got to pray this away, I heard this thing. And all those prayers are good and right, like we should pray those things. We should pray for healing and health of body and all that, but those are the plan B, (laughs) that the A list of prayers has nothing to do with outcome that the list of a prayers are lord find me faithful as i suffer lord let me point to jesus by how others see me respond to this father let me honor you with how i live with this suffering and they're not remotely connected to outcome 
And in fact, we are called to celebrate process, not outcome throughout the Bible. And of course, that is where joy is available in our stories. It's not waiting for outcome, celebrating process. I talk a lot about, um, I, it's a hashtag on social media, don't wait to celebrate. Mm. I mean, Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that thought that we, do, we don't have to wait to celebrate the life we've been given, even if it's the life we didn't know we'd have. Yeah. I think they're, um, I, I actually, I know y'all are in Nashville. I think Brad Montague is too. I'm a big fan of his, and he talks about being a joy rebel. Mm. Do y'all this? He wrote Kid President. He's a big. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Just an amazing man who um, calls himself constantly a joy rebel, leading a joy rebellion. And I love that so much. I think that's what we're all called to do. Absolutely. I love how you have really taken this tragedy that happened in your life and you found a way to bring so much life and so much flourishing and beauty from it. I wonder if you would speak directly to somebody right now who's walking through a season um, of uncertainty or walking through something they were not planning on happening. Maybe they didn't have a stroke, but um, they're facing something that seems like a huge problem derailing them from the vision of their life that they had. What encouragement would you give them to take that problem and turn it into purpose in their life? Oh, absolutely. Well, number one, the advice is very simple. When you're walking through hell, keep walking. Walk on out of there. <laughs> Don't stay in that place. So many people just like relish in the tragedy and can't get out of it because um, how you think about it is how you get out of it. So you can, in fact, get out of your terrible suffering. Your situation and circumstances may change zero, but how you think about them can't, and that makes all the difference. Life is so much less about what happens to you than how you respond to it, how you think about it, how you choose to recognize God in the story, how you learn the right lessons in the story, honestly. So I would say finding joy and gratitude for what is, not for what isn't, changes how you feel about your situation. I would share with that person that Isaiah 45.3 has been a huge verse for me, and it is for us all that God is saying there is treasure in the darkness, riches stored in secret places so that we may know him. The God who summons us by name, that's a major paraphrase. But that concept that God has given special treasure, a difference in character, a different depth, a different richness to the human experience that is available only when you are in seasons of darkness. Mm -hmm. So take hold of that cherish it like let it inform the rest of your life because of the hell you've been through can i say hell on this podcast yes, yes. amen yes. okay well good because that's the truth it's like don't miss it don't waste the pain you're in let it inform the way you live and feel everything feel it all don't wish it away and thank god you gotta put on your good christian face and just bear it 
Well, no, it's a recognition that God is at work, but there is pain. And that doesn't mean God isn't there. He's the suffering Savior. He gets it. And yet um, there is a way to harness exactly what Jesus did, which is the comeback story, which is the story of I can overcome severe limitation and rise up. And that's what we are all able to do through the power of Jesus. Yeah, so good. Well, I mean, obviously, your story is so powerful and so important. And it's not just your story. It's your husband's story as well. And so I want to talk, how does one, maybe on their own with the Lord and also together as a couple, suffer strong? And what does that look like for you guys? Oh, it looks like learning to love the new person that emerges, which is a really bizarre concept to talk about in the world right now, because everything in the world would tell you, well, if he, if you're not stealing it with that person, then find a new person. But our message would be pretty much the opposite, which is like what God has put together you get to be a part of loving and getting on board with. Jay did not know I had an ABM in my brain the day we got married. I did not know many things in his brain, in his heart, in his history when we got married. Neither of us did. But we can find ways to love the person that remains despite what life throws at you. And there is a way to suffer well in that. And there can be nothing more unpopular in the world right now than to say, like, let your choice to stay be what informs you, not the way you feel. And obviously, I am the major caveat, not talking about, like, physical abuse or, you know, some sort of really, like, I think scripture can be so weaponized, it's tragic. Um, and I'm not remotely talking about super toxic, messed up, like, you get what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. like, sure. And I think that that's important to say out loud, like, I'm not talking about that, but the reality is most couples who get divorced five years later studies show would have been happy in their marriage had they stayed together mm -hmm. and Jim and I have gone through major seasons of intense suffering yes the biggest one being my massive stroke subsequently being severely disabled but, but many actually many sadnesses and struggles in nearly 16 years of marriage and yet what has remained central in our story is we are committed to each other because Jesus is committed to us. And we are not leaving our marriage because we aren't feeling it in the moment. And that is a game changer in our world. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. All right. Well, this book, I know it's going to impact a lot of people's lives. And we're so excited to have you here and sharing with our audience before we go, we'd love to ask kind of three questions that go a little like this. The first one is, what's a book that's impacted your life? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> well, should, should I stick with The Hiding Place since I already talked about sure. it? Corey Ten Boom wrote The Hiding Place. Um, although, actually, no, that's, that's like number two. Number one probably is Learning to Walk in the Dark by Barbara Brown Taylor. Okay. Do you know it? It's an yes. incredible book. Yeah. And I really love studying and thinking about darkness and how darkness is not what Christians in our world make it out to be, that darkness has tremendous purpose. And she writes a line in that book that I love so much. Let me see if I can quote it. New life 
starts in the dark. Whether it's a seed in the ground, a baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb, it all starts in the dark. Mm. And I love that yeah. so much. Yeah. So that's probably my number one. So good. I love that. Okay, the second question is, what is a habit that's changed your life? Oh, goodness. You know, I can't drive. And yet I really wanted to be a part of taking my kids to school in the morning. So even though Jay has to drive the car, I hop in and have never missed taking my kids to school, even though I can't drive them myself. So I'd say that's a pretty awesome habit that I'm keeping. Absolutely. Love it. All right. And lastly, what advice would you give to the younger you? Oh, to the younger me. Um, don't be scared. I think that's the most powerful advice we can give each other, actually. And I wish I would have known that. No amount of what you think of will fix your life. Will. You know, no amount of perceived safety because you are born into privilege and a developed nation and health and wealth and all the things that um, many would assume can keep you safe. They can't. This world is not a safe place. But do not be afraid, Catherine, because um, even in terrible trials and suffering, God is with you and taking care of you and always making a way, even in deep, scary darkness. Mm, so good. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for just sharing your life and all that you guys are doing. It's it's so inspirational to watch and, and to see. Where can people find you and, and follow you? Oh, yeah. Hope Heals is our ministry name and the name of our first book. And I think across social media, it's just at Hope Heals. But our new book is Suffer Strong, which is available wherever books are sold. So Hope Heals, Suffer Strong. Thank you so much, Catherine. Oh my gosh, thank you all for having me. And that is Catherine Wolf, my friends. What an incredible conversation and what an incredible season. Guys, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening and joining us every single week as we lean in and learn how to live it well. Yeah, I think, you know, every season we come in with fresh expectations to see who knows what's going to happen, what God is going to do. And, man, the people he's brought, the authors, the new friends that we have in our life, we have all been inspired. And we hope for each and every single one of you listening that that has been accomplished in your life, that you are living your life well, that you are growing, you're stronger, and you are closer to the Lord. We hope and pray that for each and every single one of you. And guys, just a reminder, as a thank you to listening, we are doing a massive giveaway over on our Instagram, Let's Live It Well. Come and find us. We would love to get these resources in your hand. All right, guys, that is a wrap. Let's close it out like we do every single time. We're going to close this season out strong. Remember, you only get one life. Live Live it well. well.